0: Oh, okay. So let me go right now. (laughs) Okay. This is Melody and you're listening to, wait, fuck. (laughs) This is Melody and you're listening to Game On with Jackson Stewart.
1: Follow Game On with Jackson Stewart on YouTube at Game On with Jack, on the official blog www.gameonwithjack.blog, and at the new store www.gameonwithjack.shop. Keep it sexy and game on.
0: What if you could be a better player for the cost of one more cup of coffee a month? Get access to a growing library of lit erotica, behind-the-scenes action, and player's guides with tips on drinking, cooking, fitness, and fitness dating sex and life after dark low tier rate while offer lasts patreon.com game on with jack
2: chances are what makes the game and breaks the game when the right time comes along a true player jumps at the opportunity and makes it his own our guest tonight knows all about that Rob Kessler is the inventor and co-founder of Million Dollar Collar, a relatively simple solution to fix what his company dubs, (laughs) Plackitis, the sinking, shrinking, wrinkling and folding of the placket of a casually worn dress shirt. Prior to Million Dollar Collar, Rob built a screen printing and embroidery business from a spare bedroom in his house to over $1 million in revenue before selling the company. Although the company was never intended to be a screen printing company, word soon spread about the high quality, great pricing, and never miss a deadline guarantee. Rob's sales experience in a number of high dollar industries, including diamonds, real estate, and automotive sales, provided a unique blend of backgrounds to transition him into the fashion world. His ability to look at the world through a different set of lenses than most people lead to his success in every sales job and with both of his own businesses. In addition to being an entrepreneur and businessman, Rob is also our guest this evening. All right, guys, you've heard the introduction and bio. Now join me in welcoming to Game On, the brilliant, the critical thinking, and the wild card himself, Rob Kessler. Rob, how are you doing? <laughs> that is a good summary. I like it. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Glad you like it. Um, so let's kick off. Can you tell the audience what platform they can find you or website and by what name they should look for you.
1: Uh, I think the best spot is our newer website. It's called go So we invented and designed the first shirt designed to be worn tyless, uh, featuring my technology that I uh, invented. So uh, go um, we're building up our social media. Now our shirts are in stock. So I would say that's probably the best, best spot. Now, where are you from and where did you grow up? So I was born in Detroit, but I only lasted about uh, a year there. And then my parents moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I lived uh, pretty much most of my life in Milwaukee until um, I was still 2015. Uh, I took my wife to L.A. for uh, a premiere for her birthday. And a year later, we were driving out to LA to live there. So, uh we lived in LA for almost 6 years and now we're in Atlanta, Georgia. So you're a, you're a Midwest guy.
2: Yeah. Ah, see, true. I, I, yeah, I like you. I'm a Chicago guy, so it, it makes sense, you know. Oh, man, I don't know if we can be friends though. You're Chicago <laughs> and <Milwaukee>. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, We both like beer or and you know, it's in it's in the blood whether you like it or not and we're both not afraid of cold weather.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty cold here, actually. I thought being, you know, 12, 13 hours south of Milwaukee would be a lot warmer in Georgia, but, man, it uh, it gets some cold winter nights, that's for sure. Now, you know,
2: it's in the bio, and, you know, if you guys have not read uh, Rob's extensive bio, please check it out because it's got some some wild uh, ups and downs and obstacles in there. But what I really like, if you could tell everybody, is how you got into the business, like the story behind why you developed um, the the tieless technology and the shirt design because it's really there's a lot to take from that so if you could kind of you know explain that out for people.
1: Yeah I mean the long and the short of it is we got married uh, on the beach in Jamaica in 2013. Uh, I had a brand new freshly pressed uh, Express 1MX and I thought that I'd look great on my wedding day and um, whether it was the humidity or whatever, but my, my shirt was just a sloppy crumbled mess. I remember <laughs> tugging at my collar all day, trying to get that thing straight. And we actually brought the photographer with us cause he was a friend of ours. And so the next day we're looking at, you know, the 2,500 photos he took throughout the, our wedding day. And my shirt was just a mess. You could see my undershirt. I mean, it was just bad. So, came home from Jamaica. I started internet searching everywhere I could find to see if there was anything that reinforced the front of the shirt where the buttons and the holes are, which is called the placket. And there was nothing. Everything was a, a some kind of kitschy collar stay, whether it's those magnetic ones or um, I mean, there's even a guy that basically took like the, the, the girls like eighties inch wide plastic headband and yeah. you stick that up under your collar. That's supposed to hold it up. And, all this stuff was just like, not really the, the solution. So I, I took a piece of cardboard, I make, cut it out, I cut open a dress shirt and I shoved it down the front, I showed my new bride and she instantly saw what I was trying to attempt and what I was trying to fix. And so it started with that piece of cardboard and it took two and a half years to patent and perfect. I ruined probably a hundred shirts in the process because Uh, You know, I'd wash it, dry it, iron it. Everything was good and then send it to the dry cleaner. And whatever high heat plastic I was using wasn't high heat resistant enough because I melted so many plastics to so many shirts that I was like, I finally had to pull a guy aside and say, dude, how how hot are you guys using? Because they say these temperatures on these plastics are are plenty hot enough and uh, they weren't nearly. So they flash press your shirt at the dry cleaner between 400 and 450 degrees. So – Yeah. And most high heat plastics start to fail at about 275. So we weren't even close. So I tracked down a uh, international plastics company and told them what I was trying to do and worked with them. And we developed uh, the material that's million dollar collar. Um, It's almost twice as heat resistant as what the dry cleaners use. I call it this magic material because it's literally soft enough to be sewn through, yet it's still rigid enough to hold up the weight of the collar. And that's the problem is the collar has so much bulk in it that it just is collapsing the front of your shirt. And so um, it's soft, it's lightweight, it's super flexible, it's rigid. I mean, it's like this weird miracle uh, material, but that took two and a half years to patent and perfect.
2: Placiditis. I got to, because I said earlier, placiditis, but placiditis, got it. What, What I really like about your story is that, I mean, like, every guy who's ever put on a dress shirt has found something he didn't like about it. Right. And I love the picture on your website where like your wife's looking at your, you and her looking at your dress shirt while you're wearing it, like <laughs> in disgust, like, Oh my God, like that's what you're wearing. But you took, you took a, a daily problem and like you did something about it. And so, you know, not only did you do something about it, but you blew it up into a, a giant business. What's number one, the number one takeaway? Given how you, well, you know, deal with an obstacle and, and create a solution, like I think a lot of people hit obstacles and just stop. What What's the takeaway you give people to hit an obstacle and go over it?
1: I think, you know, I think people get overwhelmed by the process and it's, it's literally, you know, a piece of cardboard and I didn't even care what the design was. I just wanted to see if a little bit of structure in that part of the shirt would change the look and it did. And so it's okay. Well, I clearly I can't soap cardboard into a shirt and expect that to last so what can i do next and you know you try something and it some of it works and some of it doesn't and you adjust the part that doesn't i mean if you look at the way that my product developed over those two and a half years you think that i was drunk because it it just like (laughs) the final product is so thin and like streamlined and then i had like I had these like anti-roll tabs and like I had it was super bulky on top. I had a big hole in the top so you could like put the buttonhole through that and it was just a it was a nightmare. I was just doing all kinds of stuff, but it's just part of the process. And I've come up with other ideas that I wanted to patent. I played around with it a little bit, but never took it very far. Uh I was really fortunate that my wife was very supportive in me, you know, pursuing this. So, you know, that helped obviously, but um you know, it's just just taking one little bite at a time, and uh, you know, just learn a little bit in each step.
2: Now, who are some of your influences? Whether it be, you know, in terms of uh, you know creating new products or just the stick to itiveness of the business, who inspires or or who has influenced you? I should say.
1: Uh, you know, my dad's been a big influence. He uh, started it, the reason we moved to Milwaukee is because he wanted to get out of Detroit. And um, it's a really amazing story. He got to Milwaukee and couldn't find a job. He actually left my mom and I in Detroit and tried to kind of get settled before we came. Um, nobody would hire him. So he finally walked into a jewelry store one day and said, look, give me 30 days. If you don't love me, I'll walk away. I won't even argue Just give me 30 days. He didn't know the first thing about jewelry. But 30 days later, the guy hired my brother or my dad and fired his brother-in-law. And uh, 10 months later, my dad left that guy because he had a, I guess he had a bad gambling problem and and started a little jewelry store with a partner and grew that to $35 million a year in in revenue and the third largest independent jeweler in the country. And so to have him go from doing everything to, you know, having 150 employees in seven locations, you know, in my lifetime was It was great to watch. It sucked growing up because he was never around. Uh, And that's, uh, even though that I'm the third and he's junior, uh, that's his his firstborn, and his first child and his his first love, I think. Um, But uh, it was great to have him. I still have him to be able to ask questions and, you know, uh, put ideas up against and say, hey, we're thinking about doing this. And, And he helps keep me in check. And his favorite saying nowadays is you have to earn the right to grow. And so we're, you know, trying to make the steps possible that get us to the next level and to the next level and to the next level. And uh, so he's been huge. I've got a couple aunts and uncles that have had their own businesses that I talked to from time to time. And, uh, but I, I always loved reading like business books and um, you know, motivational Tony Robbins and you know, stuff like that. So it sounds like,
2: you know, resiliency is kind of like in the blood. And I think a lot of, a lot of guys, whether it be business or, or personal or, you know, fitness or whatever, it's that having a great idea, but, and not just seeing it to its end, but you know, you get those obstacles, you get people, the naysayers, people say it can't be done. How do you stick to it? How do you keep going until
1: you see something completed no matter what? Um, I never really paid t- too much attention to what other people did. I mean, I had a screen printing business and, Everybody else had all these automatic presses and all this other crap, and uh, I just didn't do it. I I did. I hated being nickel and dimed. I mean, I use screen printers, and they're like, okay, it's a twenty dollars setup fee for this color and that color, and then there's this fee and there's that fee, and I'm like, dude, this is so obnoxious. Just tell me what the price of the shirt is. I don't I don't care. So, I just did it my way, and I always look at things from the customer's perspective. So I don't really pay too much attention to what other people. Uh, say or do uh, fortunately, I don't have really any competition in this market just yet. Uh, hopefully people start jumping in, which means that I'm definitely on the right track. The nos that I get the most are from these brands that we're trying to license to, and they think that they their shirts figured out. So many of them are like, well, i don't want to offer this in some shirts.' And then, you know, make my other shirts not as good. I'm like, Apple comes out with a new phone every year because they're improving it. Right. You guys haven't changed the way a dress shirt's been made in 100 freaking years. It's time. Nobody wears ties. There's no structure in the placket. 90% of the market is going tieless almost all the time. So you don't have a product. That's why we started our own dress shirt brand because we had people say no so many times. It's it. I'm just going to prove that the brand can be built around technology. And, and that's what we're doing now. What advice would you give someone who's thinking about starting their own business? I always say this, that you better be passionate because if you're just chasing a dollar and looking for the opportunity, you're going to easily get distracted and go see what the next shiny nickel is. And, you know, if you're passionate about solving a problem, you're passionate about, you know, creating something that's going to last, that's, what's going to get you through. And, and believe me, there's been plenty of days that I've been sitting on the couch. Like, what am I doing with my life? Why have I gone this route? And, you know, fortunately, uh for me, my wife will be on a high with her business. She's a badass stunt woman, if you don't know. Uh she's doubles, you know, Taylor Swift and she's, you know, Walking Dead and Jenna Elfman. I mean crazy, crazy people, big movies, all kinds of stuff. So nice, she'll be nice. having a great time. And yeah, she'll be having a good good time. So she'll bring me up and then there's days when she's like, Man, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm bruised and battered everywhere and tired and, and then I'll be on a good streak. And so we, we balance each other out really well that way. So just so you know, for people listening, there are days
2: when hotshot businessman Rob Kessler thinks, why the hell am I doing this? And I, and that's something that, you know, I always want to get through to with guests. I think a lot of people see, you know, they see you, they see influencers, they see models and everything. And they think you guys wake up to perfection, live through perfection, go to sleep to perfection. And that's not the case. And so you
1: have doubts, right? Oh, of course. I mean, look, we're seven years in, we've sold a half a million units. We're at a million in revenue and which is pretty slow growth. But I know that tomorrow, you know, Macy's could call and say, we're going to put this in all our stores and we'll do a million this year. And so that's what keeps me going is knowing that that I've laid the groundwork and I've planted so many freaking seeds everywhere. That's impossible not to know and impossible not to be ready for when that that thing happens. I mean, I'm thinking nine steps ahead. I've got production ready to do a million units a month. Uh, I mean, we've got all these things that that's kind of where I. I plan and my partner is really good at getting in. He got us all these meetings with all these brands to license and all the things that we've been discussing. So, um, you know, it's a good balance between him and I, but, uh, yeah, there's definitely days where I'm like, dude, what the hell?
2: (laughs) Now you you said, uh, you mentioned that reading is important. You're reading business books and, and reading motivational information, how it's important to you, but how important has it been for you? You know, in your process of, of business, because some people are like, eh, I got out of school, I don't read or and eh, that, you know, all those motivational quotes don't do anything. But has it made an impact on you as a business person?
1: Yeah, and I get it firsthand. My dad, uh, 11 years into his business, was ready to hand the pink slip to his competitor and just said, I can't do this anymore because he was so lost. He wasn't growing. And he went to Tony Robbins and walked on fire and came home from a three day Tony Robbins thing and had a whole new perspective on life and grew double digits for 20 straight years and went from 300,000 in sales to 35 million in sales. And so, um, you know, it, it, if you don't have somebody else and you're not willing to learn, you can't grow, you know, um, I just listen to everything I can. I hate reading. I mean, the second I open a book and read the first line, I'm yawning and I'm ready to go to sleep. I'm yawning just (laughs) thinking about reading. So there's a way to consume that, that information, whether it's reading, you know, if you like reading great, if you, there's audible, every book is available on audible. Um, You know, there's, there's podcasts. I mean, I listen to a lot of Gary Vee. I mean, he he'll say it all the time. He's like, I know you've heard this a thousand times, but look, it's not that hard. Do this and this and this, that's it. Just do what makes you happy. And so you you hear that enough times and it's like, okay, that helps me think outside of and get out of my own way. I mean, watching my dad grow like that because he was in his own way, which is why he wasn't growing. And he just put his foot down and, and made some serious decisions about that had never been done in the jewelry industry because- you know, it just was never done. And so he said, I don't really care if that's how it's done. I want to do it the way I want to do it. And it turned out to be incredible.
2: So one of my favorite questions, but the question that every guest cringes at, what is, uh, in keeping in the theme of sexiness, what is the sexiest thing about you?
1: Uh, My wife will tell you that I can do pretty much anything I have this weird ability to look at something that I've never done and say I can do that so I built a two-tiered 70-foot long 10-foot high retaining wall last summer in our new house which was absolutely backbreaking work but I built a frigging retaining wall and I have an absolute new respect for a retaining wall so if you look at a retaining wall and you drive by and you're like oh that's just a wall Dude, that is intense, man. <laughs> and so I built her a, a small little 12 by 24 tack room for her horse. So she's got a tack room and a feed shed. I'm building a two stall barn. We put in a beach. I learned how to drive a tractor and a front loader. And I drove an excavator the other day and we've had bobcats and like, I just can figure stuff out. And uh, it may not always work as smoothly as a professional, but uh, the fact that I could just, I'll just grind my way through and figure it out. I'm doing a 13,000 piece puzzle right now and it's, you know, it'll be 2000 pieces of the same color sky, but it's just goes back to my stubbornness to, to get it done and just see it, see it through. What makes a person sexy in your opinion? Uh, Confidence. I would say confidence is the sexiest thing you can wear. And um, you know, it doesn't matter what you look like or, or, or who you are as long as you're a good person and you're confident to me that's sexy i mean i've watched my wife do some pretty incredible things and and you know we're 13 years together and she gets more beautiful every day because of her ability and willingness to just take on anything all right folks
2: it is time for uh you know time for the part that i really love it's the quick game i'm going to throw some rapid questions at you rob and I know you're ready because you, I think you're ready just about all, any time of day, all the days of the week. So <laughs> here we go. And I carried this question over from the, from last week, but I love this question. Should pineapples be on pizza?
1: I don't mind a pineapple pizza. I love a little Hawaiian pizza every once in a while. I mean, it's not a go-to, but, yes, I, I'm down.
2: What is your favorite time of the year?
1: I like it hot. I take the
2: summer. Uh, how can you be a Midwest guy? You're all about the heat. Come on now. What about the cold? What about the
1: fall? <laughs> That's why we left. We <laughs> hate <the> cold, man. <laughs> we went right to the beach in California. I was like, we're not doing this cold anymore.
2: Um, can you name three of the uh, seven dwarfs? Uh,
1: sleepy, grumpy, a sneezy one? A sneezy
2: is one. You know out of all, out of uh, over two years doing this, only four guests
1: could get that right. So I just saw it the other day. I don't know why. But <laughs> I was also on a Disney cruise, which is something if you don't have kids. I don't recommend it.
2: <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek?
1: Star Wars. Uh, what is your favorite cereal? I don't eat cereal, but it was uh, probably Applejack's.
2: Oh, Apple Jackson. Or, or
1: Frosted Flakes.
2: Oh, man. Every, I hear Apple Jackson by my grandmother. She made us live on that stuff. It was great. Um,
1: do you eat oatmeal? Not typically, but, uh, you know, I want some apple in there if I'm doing oatmeal. Sunshine, sunshine or moonlight? Uh, I like the sun. I like being outside in the sun.
2: If you find a spider in your house, do you kill it or do you take it outside and let it go?
1: It depends if my wife is near. If it's, she's not, it's dead. If she's around, she'll make me put it outside. <laughs> <laughs> and one of
2: my favorite questions, if not the most favorite question, who inspires you?
1: Uh, you know, I think my dad does. I want to, I've got this, you know, weird, weird uh, goal to kind of outdo him. So, you know, we've, we've Always kind of been competitive, being that I'm the third and he's junior. We butted heads because we're really similar, but you know, at the at the same time, we're family and it's all good. So, I tip my head.
2: Good people, sexy people. That wraps up our interview with the brilliant, the critical thinking, and the wild card, Rob Kasser. Rob, thank you so much, and uh, we will see you soon. Sounds good. Thank you.